Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having a blessed morning. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend as well. And be sure to check out the website if you need anything at healthmasters.com. Lots of different specials going on there, as always, including magnesium brain food, excellent C, uh, buy one, get one in the joint relief formula. So be sure to check that out if you need anything at all. And saw a lot of different articles coming up over the weekend. There were some interesting news topics that have been floating around. And one thing that I saw that I found very interesting here, and I had a discussion with it on one of my friends that I was hanging out with, is we were discussing how the Elon Musk Twitter files that are being released are not really a new revelation to a lot of us that know what's going on. However, they can be beneficial to wake up more people that may not have really known what's happening. But it almost appears as they're trying to use Elon Musk as this you know, new savior of free speech, which, quite frankly, he's bringing a lot of stuff to light that a lot of people probably didn't know about. But as we all know, there's a lot of very strange things in his background, including just his Halloween costume that he wore last time uh, in October. And so there was, I was looking at some of the videos – or not some of the videos, some of the tweets that have been popping up about it. And apparently he's planning on releasing a bunch of stuff about Fauci now and what happened because there's no doubt about it. I have to say this. If you looked at any of the stuff that they've released on there, again, it's not anything that's probably going to be new to you guys or us. But it definitely shows that the level of collusion between big tech with Twitter and the Biden administration and the FBI and the level of free speech suppression was just completely and totally out of control. And I mean, it still is on other platforms. So it's interesting to see that come to light. But then again, you also have to make sure you're not falling into the white horse trap that Donald Trump put a lot of us into. It's happened a lot. Everybody was like, man, this guy's going to change it all. He's talking big. He's changing things. He's making things happen. And then turned out to be a big fat nothing burger from an overall standpoint. In left enormous amount of people that were at the Capitol building to support him, pretty much left him out to dry and didn't pardon anybody the day before he stepped out of office. So that's a, that, that's another story for another day we've talked about in detail. So be very careful who you're starting to follow or think is out there trying to massively change things because you got to look at everything right now with a very – how should I say – a very discerning lens because there's a lot, a lot of misinformation out there, and I think there's a lot of people that are starting to use certain things as a distraction to keep other people occupied. It's interesting, you know, as we heard that entire debacle with Victor Bout last week being released. And I mean, that still that whole thing was so strange. And I thought to myself, I got to do some more research on this because I remember hearing about this guy a lot. What's ironic about it is I knew a lot of stuff he was involved in, but I found out later on, there's an article from March 6, 2008 from Justin Rod and Maddie Sawyer. This is from 2008. So this is in the middle of the Iraq war. The title of the article was Arrested Armed Dealers Plane Flew U.S. Missions into Iraq with Over a Thousand Supply Missions. And it went on to say here as far as the U.S. complaint that was happening when he basically was uh, being detained again because I mean, the guy was in constant trouble. He was constantly being released. It says right here in the article, it did not stop the U.S. government contractors from paying Bout through his controlled firms over $60 million to fly continual supplies into Iraq in support of the U.S. war effort. Now, you got to think about this for a second. 
the U.S. military was at full-bledged war in Iraq back then. They had no end of military transports and C-130s constantly supplying all types of supplies and munitions back and forth to Iraq. Why would you hire a notorious arms dealer and pay him through indirectly controlled firms to fly more weapons into Iraq unless you didn't want them on the books? And that answer is very clear because you didn't want them on the books. The CIA is notorious for using individuals like this to traffic weapons all over the globe. There's numerous accounts of it, including drug trafficking, human trafficking, weapons trafficking, everything. So what it appears, in my opinion, and from what I'm starting to dig into more of this, is this guy was absolutely directly involved with the DOD and the CIA and trafficking and running guns for them. And so I guess when he got clipped in 2011, they finally had to charge him with those charges. I guess it was kind of one of those, all right, well, we have to do this. But now that the Ukrainian war, whatever you want to call it over there, has become such a massive debacle from a logistic standpoint because they keep dropping off enormous amount of weapons supplies, the U.S. does, with probably, in my opinion, they're not really sure how to run these weapons as effectively as they need to. This guy has all the logistics, all the people, all the numbers, every idea on having to move weapons. This is my opinion. I think he got released very strategically and intentionally because, remember, he's from Ukraine <laughs> to be brought back over there to help out with an enormous amount of weapons trafficking. And whether or not Russia works with him or he works with Ukraine, I don't know. But it's very strange to me that this guy's the guy that they chose to release for this Brittany Griner moron who absolutely hates the United States. The more you see, the more questions you have. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, to another news, something this is very interesting. The Bill Gates Foundation, the John Hopkins Foundation, and the WHO just conducted another pandemic simulation with a deadlier virus that targets children. Now, if you guys recall... Just back uh, almost three years ago to the date, the exact same people, all these same exact guys put together, it was called an Event 201, which simulated involving a coordinated global response to a coronavirus that was conducted just three months, four months, I think, before COVID was declared a total pandemic in 2020. Event 201. We've talked about it in detail. And it was John Hopkins. It was Bill Gates. It was the uh, World Health Organization. They did this huge simulation to see what would happen if a coronavirus was released and how fast it would spread through the globe. Well, they just did a full-blown simulation over the weekend, excuse me, last month in Belgium, in Brussels, Belgium, and the title of it was the SEERS, which is interesting. So the, what it stands for is the Severe Epidemic Intravirus Respiratory Syndrome of 2025. Now, this is something very strange because what it goes into detail is it goes into the virus simulation that has a higher fatality rate than COVID and disproportionately affects child and young people. And essentially a group of RNA viruses, which typically occur in the gastrointestinal tract, sometimes spreading to the central nervous system and other parts of the body. And they wanted to test and see what would happen and do a full-blown analysis on this thing being released in 2025. Now, are they going to do that? I have no idea. Is this something that they were speculating and playing with? I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. These, these exact same individuals <laughs> did Event 201, which is almost the same platform on a COVID virus, back just, what, in the 2019, a few months before this whole thing started. 
So what are these people up to? I don't know, but I can tell you right now, they're definitely not happy with getting exposed and a lot of the coverage that's being shown about everything with COVID. But at the other time, too, they still showed everybody that the vast majority of people will just comply like they did. And so I don't know what they're up to on this, but very, very strange considering the players that are involved in this. Don't trust them at all. That's why I've continued to tell people, always make sure you're keeping your body strong as best you possibly can with the proper nutrients, proper rest, and proper exercise. Because as I've said before, I do not think this will be the last incident when we saw it with COVID. That was kind of the big beta test to see what people would go along with. And quite frankly, what we're seeing now and the level of complicity and illegal and essentially downright sadistic behavior. Some of these people were involved in like Fauci and they still haven't been indicted. They still haven't had any serious ramifications for their behavior. Well, it shows us that we have a lot more to do as far as waking up the populace, in my opinion. What do you think, Deb? Great opening for a Monday. Awesome. Phenomenal as always. You know, what it makes me think about is the movie, The Matrix, as far as all the stuff you covered this morning. And it was – I like the movie The Matrix. Now, some of the stuff was inappropriate, so it was kind of weird. I got that, all right. But uh, it really gave us an overall understanding of what the elite are trying to do as far as how they're trying to you know, control us through group thinking, through mind thinking, through basically hooking us into a hive mind and putting us into a giant AI computer. If you remember, one of the lines on The Matrix was we originally made the uh, simulation happy, 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 and everybody could do everything they wanted to do, and the people rebelled because they didn't believe it. They had to have conflict. And that's exactly what they're doing to us now. They have to have conflict. They're always putting conflict into the mix. Instead of just letting us think of the good things, which creates the energy field around the planet and brings in the power of Jesus Christ, which is already here, and the power of the Most High God, which is already here, they try to suppress that power by putting in negativity on everything that they do. And everything's fear porn. Everything's about a volcano and about a meteorite, about tidal waves and all the sick stuff and imprecatory prayers, negative, 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 negative all the time. And it's sad to me. It really is. This thing with the uh, royal family, if you want to call them royals, probably bloodline Nephilim family, you know, in England with this Harry and all the weirdos over there. This is all just opiates for the masses. You know, this past week I was talking to some friends that I just met and they were talking about, what do you think about the royal family and Harry and Meghan and blah, blah, blah. And I said, not much. And she goes, what do you mean? Not much. I said, don't think about them at all. She could care less what they have to say. To me, they're just a bunch of weirdos that have been put onto the world stage as actors. That's all they are. And, and, and we see all of this stuff. Elon Musk is another one. Donald Trump is another one. And we see these people that are being pushed together in aggregate towards us so that we have something else to believe in rather than believing in Jesus Christ as our savior. We want to believe in these guys. And we want to think, oh, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. Well, no, the Matrix told us this. They have to keep the people sleeping. They have to keep them on their opiates of Yellowstone. Ooh, did I say that? Yeah, yeah. And the Royals. I mean, I know people that are so addicted to that dog on soap opera Yellowstone, they'll change their entire schedule, you know, on Sunday night to go see the new episode. And they'll watch the previous episode the night before or the same night of the new episode so they can make sure they stay caught up on what's happening in Yellowstone. And last night I had one of my good friends call me up and say, they shot the dog. And I'm like, shot the dog? They shot the dog. And I said, what are you talking about? It's on, it's on Yellowstone. And they were completely enamored and sucked into that. This is the opiate for the masses. They want to make sure that people don't think about the real news. They don't think about what's really going on. They don't think about the power of the Most High God. They don't think about the fact that you know we have the power that's been given to us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I went into detail with this on Friday, that we have been inside of us. 
they don't want you to realize that we can change this, this whatever you want to call it, this holographic projection that we live in that's controlled by the energy fields around us. They don't want us to, they don't want us to know the, the authority that we've been given from Calvary. They don't want us to know the power that resides in us. They want to basically dilute everything and make us think about other things and not about the Most High God. And, and it's important, guys. And I'm going to say a few things to you. Every once in a while, I'll listen to an old song that I knew from the 70s or the 80s. I will. I mean, some of the old songs are really good. Some of these guys could really sing. And every once in a while, you know, I'll read something that's, you know, probably, you know, more from a secular bias than from a Christian bias. I'll do that, too, as far as articles or whatever I read. But the reality is I try to stay Christ-centered and focused in my life. I really do because I've learned a long, long time ago if I stay Christ-centered and I stay Christ-focused, my life just goes a whole lot better in every area of my life. And I quickly learned to realize that, you know, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And, and I realize that if I keep focus on Jesus – that all of these other things of the world seem just to grow dim around me. They're not that important anymore. Isaiah 55:11 says, in the NLT version, it says, it is the same with my word. God's talking about, God talking about his word, his, the written word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. And this is what I love. It will accomplish all I want it to do, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. See, God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes you ask yourself a question. You say, why did this happen? Or, or what's going to happen next? Here's the whole deal about that. The Bible also says in Jesus, Jesus says in Matthew, I believe it's the book of Matthew, when he's in the parables, he's talking about the lilies of the field. And that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arraigned or adorned as these lilies are that are to be cast away and to be burned after they die. And so and then he says, who by worrying could add a single moment to your life? The handlers of this planet want you to walk in fear. They want you to walk in bitterness and hatred towards your ex-spouse or your ex-wife or your ex-husband or your family members and or somebody who hurt you at work or somebody who did something to you as you were a child. Don't let them do that to you. When these memories come up to say, Father, I thank you for the fact that all of these different experiences that I've had in my life have made you made me who I am, that I've drawn closer to you through all of this stuff. And just realize that you don't have to be mad and angry at people. Now, there's some people, i got to say this, it's best to avoid them. There's some people that will trigger you and bring you into a state that's really, really negative every time you get around them, and those people are best to be avoided. It doesn't mean you have to be bitter towards them and be hatred towards them or be angry towards them. Just forgive them and move on. It's really important. This is a good word I'm giving you guys this morning. It's just some people are not worth the – how should I say – the energy expenditure that you have to have to be around them. It, they cause constant conflict, and you're always walking on – have you ever noticed sometimes you get around people – you got to walk on eggshells. You kind of have to, have to tiptoe through the tulips. And for a type A male like me or for Austin, it's very difficult for us to walk through tulips to start with without stomping the tulips, much less tiptoeing through the tulips and trying to pretend like it's eggshells underneath them. We don't do that. And so it causes a lot of conflict when you have certain people in your life that are doing certain things. And, and that's what I've learned over the years. Sometimes you just got to cut bait and say goodbye. You can forgive them, walk away, and love them from a distance if you really can try to do that. It's kind of hard to do that sometimes, but just try to be nice to them. You can't say you got to love them. If I say that, I'm really kind of pushing it a little bit, but you can, you can, but you can learn to kind of tolerate them and say, hey, look, I just, I just disagree with you about this. So it's best for us to put that on the shelf if we want to talk and not discuss it because it's going to cause conflict. And, and I want to say one other thing else to you, and this is important. You know, when you have relationships in your life that have hurt you, that have damaged you, that have done things, done things to you that, that you don't really want to think about that have really been an absolute mess with you, go to a Christian counselor and sort through them. It's very important you do that. It's important that you lay them out, you sort them out, and you realize that 
some things just happen and you have to just deal with them. And sometimes you got to put them in a mystery box and put them on the shelf and realize, Hey, I had nothing to do with that. It's just what it is. You see that with parents all the time with their children and children with their parents. Sometimes things just don't work out quite right with family members. That's why I've told you guys all the time. I could choose my friends. I can't choose my family. And just remember that. And if someone produces constant conflict in your life, it just it's easier to step away and just be respectful to them if you have to be respectful and just not associate with them on an ongoing basis because it's not worth the energy field. Have you, this Saturday I went to a concert over in St. Pete, and there were people walking around the concert. It was, it was kind of a strange concert. They had a Jewish conductor of a Christian symphony, and he picked pretty much music from Home Alone for the Christian concert. I mean, I thought it'd be like a holy concert, you know, with really beautiful Christmas hymns. Well, it wasn't. There were a couple of them they did at the very end, like in a collage. But it was all about secularism and bringing Santa Claus out on the stage. It just, and, and I thought to myself, well, what would you expect from a Jewish conductor? Because they don't believe in Jesus anyhow. They don't believe in the virgin mirth. So I thought to myself, well, okay, well, I'll just enjoy the band because they had a really good orchestra playing. And, I, and they did. It was phenomenal as far as the playing itself and the precision of the instruments. That I really, really enjoyed. But there were some people there. That when you get near them, it felt like you were trying to put two northern poles and two southern poles of a magnet together. It was repulsive. It just pushed you back apart, pushed you back apart, pushed you back apart. And I realized that the energy field that we have through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the, the feeling that you have from the righteousness, peace, and joy that you're given through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's not congruent with that of the world. And there's certain people out there that basically make you feel like, why am I here next to this person? It's yuck. Especially if you're in a movie theater or you're a concert and you got to sit next to these people, you kind of go, "All right, that's just really disrupting my 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 my, my Holy Spirit experience here because I'm, I don't want to deal with this negative." It's kind of like this. It's kind of like you got a tuned-in radio and you're driving down the, down the highway, and also you start getting static, starts start, starts hissing and popping on you, and you start thinking, "Okay, I'm not really tuned in like I need to be." Why? Either because you're too long, you're too far away from the station, okay, or you've got interference coming in from the electrical systems in the car. It's interesting now with these hybrid cars and with these electric cars, they've decided they're not going to put AM radios in them anymore because there's too much electrical interference. Well, that's the same thing that happens with you and God. If you allow too much electrical interference and too many weirdos around you, it interferes with your ability to be a human transmitter, transfer, upstep, uplink transformer from a Tesla coil that is our DNA, a coiled helix that allows us to communicate to God directly into his dimension and it interferes with that. That's why the Bible is very clear when it says, come ye out from among them, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. We not, we're not to associate with people of the world and be associated with that. We need to be tied together with people that are believers. And that's why it's so important if you're in business or if you're married or whatever, you make sure you do your homework first. You make sure this person is praying with you. You make sure this person wants to go to church. You make sure that this person is who they say they are. And if they're really a Christian, you give it some time. You'll find out real quick. If they're trying to tell you, well, let's not go to church today, let's go do this, or let's not pray today, let's do this. But we don't have time to pray today, let's do this. No, don't do that. And I'm going to say one other thing, too. I'm going to fuss as I said, I've probably already made everybody mad this morning. Anyhow, I'm going to say one more thing. I'm going to be very clear about it this time. Sometimes I kind of bounce around the corners on this one, but I'm going to be direct on this one right now. Men, listen to me. You're the spiritual head of your household. You initiate prayer. You say, it's time for us to pray. You pick up everybody's hands at the dinner table and say, hold hands. We're going to pray. I don't care if you're in public. I don't care if you're at home by yourselves with your family. You pick it up. Guys, put the cell phones in the other room. We're going to have dinner. Nobody's staring at the screens at dinner during dinner. We're going to have a conversation. You take authority over it. 
this is what they've done to us. They've destroyed the nuclear family. And women, bless their hearts. I love you, ladies. You guys are wonderful who listen to the show every day. But, you know, many times you're being forced to take up the leadership role of the high priest of the family because your husband won't do it. And uh, quite frankly, I somebody's got to lead. Somebody's got to tell everybody to get out of the road so you don't get run over. All right. And men, it's your responsibility to do that. And ladies, if you're not married, that becomes your responsibility to do that. But the reality is keep your household in order. It has to be in order. You've got to have biblical principles. You have to have biblical principles of the family. There's a reason. Let me, let me give you an example. Years ago, Katie Couric did a show. It was on Dateline NBC or whatever it was, and it was talking about gay families raising children, whether the kids ended up being gay or not. And here's what they found out. They found out when women raise little boys, and they're lesbians, pretty much invariably the children end up being gay. The boys do. When gay guys raise little boys, a lot of the gay guys, little kids don't become homosexuals. They become straight kids. Everybody has a relationship that they want with their father and with their mother. Everybody has to have that. That's how God made us, man and wife he made us, that we should leave our family, leave our parents, and become one with our spouse. And the spouse at that point becomes an integral part of your life, and they become one with you, including with raising your children. Little boys need daddies. Little boys need mommies. Little girls need daddies. Little girls need mommies. It all works together, but they knew that. That's why they came in and destroyed the nuclear family, and they found out that when lesbians raise little boys, you know, that little boy, in my opinion, wants to have a relationship with his father, and he's looking for a relationship with another man, and he ends up doing that way. A lot of times he runs into these cousins or these uncles or these whatever who are a bunch of weirdo pedophiles anyhow, and they basically get basically sodomized or raped by these people, and it puts them into that lifestyle. And I've seen it over and over and over again, guys. That's not of God. That's of the evil one, and this. And I know this is a really adult conversation this morning, but like, guys, listen to me. Protect your children. Protect them. Don't let them be around people that aren't born again Christians serving the Most High God. Don't do it. And then on top of everything else, if you're going to have somebody spend the night at your house, or someone's going to spend your kid, one of your kids is going to spend the night at somebody else's house, you better darn sure know who they are. You better know who they are. We were so careful with Austin and our kids. We we would hire nannies to come in that we knew that we'd run background checks on to be there with them most of the time rather than having them go to other people's homes. You don't know what the older brother is going to do. You don't know what the uncle's going to do. You don't know who these people are from an extended family unit, and you have your children spending the night in their homes. No, that's not okay, guys. Stand on this, and men, take position of leadership. You're going to step on a few toes. I'm going to let you know that. You are. And, and, and learn how to be an alpha male. Learn how to make decisions. That's the biggest thing we've lost in the United States is we don't have any alphas left anymore. I mean there, there's no men out there who want to take a leadership position because they've been beaten down so badly by women's liberation. They're scared to say anything because they're afraid that some woman's going to start slamming them publicly or ridicule them. No. If you have people around you that want to do that, cut the bait. Just get away. Say, I'm not going to do that. I'm taking authority of my family. I'm going to be the spiritual head. I'm going to be the spiritual leader of my family. I'm going to initiate prayer every day. We're going to pray out loud every day, and we're going to do what's right in God's eyes. We're going to church on Sunday. You be that guy. Don't make your wife be that girl. we got to go to church. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather watch the ball game, and I want to go out canoeing, or I want to go bowling. And, eh, i got to go hunting this weekend. And, eh, don't, do, don't be that guy. Go hunting on Saturday. Go to church on Sunday. Don't be that guy. Don't turn your priestly responsibility as an alpha male and the spiritual leader of your family over to your wife. Don't do that. It's enough of this mess. We've got to get alpha men back into the society. And I know well, a lot of people got dumbed down with, you know, with fluoride. A lot of people got dumbed down with the hormones. And hormones are a big deal, by the way, my guys. 
don't do that. If you got to go on, gosh, I hate to say it, use our, use, use our testoplex. Use the stuff that we need to bring your testosterone back up again so you can be who you're supposed to be in God through Christ. Be that guy. Be the loving husband that's going to take care of your wife and take care of your children. Ladies, again, if you've got to do this on your own because your husband's gone, you be that person in that leadership of the family. But make sure you tell your children that you know when they get married that that's the husband's role. That's really important that you do that, you know, unless they basically end up not having uh, alpha male in their life either. And ladies, don't settle for beta men. Don't do that. If you're single, make sure you find yourself an alpha male. Make sure you find somebody who loves Jesus, who wants to be with you. I, I, and I'll say this. I'm going to be – Charlie Sheen said something one time. I'm going to say – I'm going to quote Charlie Sheen. I'm not a big fan of Charlie Sheen. I know he's a drug addict. I know all that, okay? But he was – they were asking him about his ex-wife, and he said – that he would rather walk naked on the moon than go back with his ex-wife. <laughs> and that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? You know, before I was in a relationship that I didn't think was godly, before I was in a relationship that I didn't feel that God wanted me to be in, before I was in a relationship that I had to compromise and do things that I don't want to do, I would rather walk naked on the moon and just have a relationship with God and be led by the Holy Spirit and maintain the anointing that he's put on my life. It's better, it says, you know, and Solomon said this in Proverbs, it's better to, you know, to, you know, to be, to, 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 he doesn't want to be with somebody who's going to be nagging him, better to be in the corner of the room, corner of the attic is what it says. The point is this, we've got to work together on relationships when you're basically working with people that you want to date or you want to get married to or you're in a, involved in and you're already married to. Give it 100%. If God loved the family, loved the church and gave himself for it through Christ. We have to be willing to do all of that stuff, but we've got to maintain a leadership position. I have no idea how I got off on all this this weekend or this today, but listen to me. It's important that we raise little alpha men. Teach your boys how to lead. Teach them how to lead. Teach them how to make responsible decisions. Help them to make responsible decisions all the days of their life. Teach them to rely on the Holy Spirit. Teach your daughters to do the same thing if they need to do that. But remember, it's all about serving Jesus, for this is the day the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Because, ladies, I, rec- I commend you if you're single and you're taking your kids to church. I think it's absolutely awesome that you're doing that. I do. And you're leading with them and you're praying with them. I think it's great. But, guys, you've got to pick up the slack here. You've got to tighten this thing up, and you have to become the high priest of your family. Well, I guess I got everybody mad at this point, but I'm telling you the truth, guys, this morning. Very important. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well said, you know, and there's another another issue that has occurred that I have personally witnessed now and been exposed to on numerous occasions with different couples that I know that are no longer together, and that's having children and basically split households. I talked to a friend of mine over the weekend that I've known for years and years and years, and he got divorced about two years ago, and him and his ex-wife had you know a six-year-old son together. As far as that's how he is now, they they had him when they were married. And he was talking to me. He said it's become very frustrating. He said because she turned out to be a total Covidian idiot. She started dating a uh, dentist and basically completely flipped the script. She used to be very awake with a lot of stuff. I'd actually talked to her repeatedly when they were married about certain topics, about certain things that were going on, even including about vaccines. And she was on a lot of the same page. And she completely switched the flip, the flipped, flipped, flipped the script. When she started dating this other guy, and he said it's frustrating. He said because we have this massive, conflicting ideology with different sets of rules. When my son's with me one weekend, and when he's with her the next weekend, and he said it's become very, very difficult. And he said I know it's extremely difficult on my six-year-old son because there's no consistency. You know, he knows when he's with me, there's a certain respect of rules and requirements, but then he goes with her, and then there's certain ones that there and they're not. 
And he said it's become very difficult, and he's trying to do his best to work through it and trying to communicate. He said, but it, it's hard, and I get that, and that's why I've always tried to encourage people. You know, If you get married, make sure you know that that relationship is going to be really strong before you start having kids, and I say this for the main reason why. I watched this happen repeatedly with people that I know that got married. They looked like they were having a pretty decent marriage. They decided that they wanted to have a kid because the kid would probably make their marriage even better, and it did the complete and total opposite. Having children is difficult. It's an absolute fun, fulfilling thing to do, but it's not easy. And you've got to be solidified in your marriage, and you're solidified in your Christian walk together, in your devotions, in your prayer, and your church. Because once you have a kid, it changes the entire dynamics of that relationship, and it's no longer about you and her anymore, especially at the early phase of that child, because that baby's an infant. You know, he's, he's, he's completely dependent on you. And, you know, I've worked with that when Lynn and I both have had ours. You know, it's it's a completely different thing to get involved in. But I've seen that happen a lot now in this generation to where I thought somebody had a pretty decent marriage for two, three, four years. And all of a sudden they had a kid and it's like within a year or two, it just went sideways. And all of a sudden they're talking about getting divorced. And now you run into this situation like I just mentioned. Now you got a kid that's going back and forth. And I know it happens. I get it happens all the time. But just do the best you can. If you're dealing with that situation and also too, use discernment and wisdom when you're dating somebody and talk about stuff. I told my buddy this the other day when I was over there. He was getting – he just got engaged. One of my good friends, he was like his best friend. He just got engaged, and I said, make sure before you guys get married, you talk about any topic under the sun that you want to bring up. And he's like, yeah, yeah we, we talk about a lot, and I'm like, no, I'm like talk about everything. I'm like, nothing's off the table. I said, if it's a thought that goes through your mind, you should not have any, any inclination. I'm holding that back from a discussion with her right now. I said, whether it's basically it has to deal with children, whether it has to do with vaccines, whether it has to do with food, whether it has to do with church, whether it has to do with sex, whether it has to do with trips. I said, it don't matter what it is. <laughs> I said, if it's a topic that you think about, that you like, that you want, that you have a goal for, both of you guys need to sit down and have a very, very open platform discussion. Because I've also seen that happen too before where people get married and they've got their own ideas on certain things, especially one of them is vaccine and child rearing. You know, there's a lot of people, they're kind of, you know, closet communists when you talk to them about stuff and they don't really mention things. All of a sudden you find out, well, they're hardcore vaccine pushers. They're pro-choice and they won't, do not want kids being spanked or disciplined in any way. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa is, these topics should have gotten brought up a long time ago. You know, what happened to y'all? So again, something is very important. Communication is a very, very key factor. If there's a problem going on, if there's an issue, address it politely and respectfully. No reason to get you know anything weird about it. But if you're dating somebody and you're engaged, always make sure you bring topics up that you want to know what are what are on each other's minds and have an honest discussion. Because also, true, I've known some people. There's certain things they believe and they'll kind of tiptoe around it. Like Dad said, they don't really bring it up because they don't want to offend anybody. It doesn't matter. If that's your belief, if that's your real true conviction that you know is correct, and you're not offending anybody. They're getting offended because they don't like what you're saying. You're not intentionally offending anybody by talking about what your convictions are. That concept has to get through people's heads because I've seen that so much now where people go, oh, you can't say that. That might offend him. Well, why, why don't you let him speak for himself if he's getting offended by what I'm saying? I'm not offending him. He's getting offended by what I'm saying. I'm simply bringing up a very strong biblical conviction that I have on a certain topic. That's what I'm saying. If he has the same conviction about a different topic, 
and I don't like it. I'm just going to why'd you disagree with that? I'm not going to get offended to get all mad. I'm just, I don't agree with that at all. That's, that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't have to agree with you. Not everybody is going to agree on every single thing all the time. Always remember that concept. Also, too, in other news, changing gears here, I saw this video earlier over the weekend, and you know, I've been watching a compilation of these videos where people are all across the country. Um, they're like news reports and all kinds of stuff where they're starting to keel over and pass out and go into these convulsions and all types of weird stuff, stuff I've never seen before in my life. And there was a video that came out from a sportscaster, Bob Rathman, who's 68 years old, and he was doing a uh, an interview, sports interview, for the Atlanta Hawks basketball game. Now, I don't watch basketball, don't know anything about basketball, don't even know who this guy is, but after I saw the video, I got a real eyeful on what was actually probably occurring from, and this is my opinion, from a shot side effect, considering we're starting to see this very, very common. And he was essentially in the middle of his talking. He had another co-host with him, and all of a sudden he's holding his papers, and he just starts slumping back and starts going into convulsions. And But they were strange. They weren't like full seizures. It was like he was having like a full-blown breakdown, like going into a hard stroke. And, of course, they uh, came back later on. They said, oh, he, he briefly lost consciousness on the court. Medical personnel were there on the site, and they said they're treating him for dehydration. He'll be fine. Never came back for the night. What I find interesting about this is – I've been dehydrated. I live in Florida. I raced motocross when I was younger. I've trained outside. Dehydration, you start having extreme thirst, dark colored urine, fatigue, confusion. When you start getting really dehydrated, you start getting a headache, and you drink water. I've never seen somebody sitting in a chair inside of an auditorium talking just fine and suddenly fall back in their chair and start going into convulsions because they're dehydrated. I've seen a lot of people dehydrated. I've never seen that before. And so this is very strange to watch this occur all across the country now. I mean, we've seen, what, hundreds and hundreds of athletes, I mean, just from the ones we've heard about, all of a sudden just randomly having a heart attack on the field, just boom, dropping dead, going into you know, full-blown convulsions and a heart attack. This cannot be normal, my friends. This isn't something we can sit around and just pretend it's happening and nothing's going on abnormal about it. This isn't normal whatsoever. In my opinion, and I've said it before, this is a direct side effect from continual injections of RNA gene therapy. The body cannot get enough of these spike proteins out and detoxify their system. We've never seen these six and seven foot long blood clots that are almost rubber in substance having to be removed out of people. I've never seen stuff like that. I've been in all types of medical research for over a decade. I've talked to other people that are in the medical field. And they're like, dude, we've never seen this. And of course, people get blood clots sometimes. But like, we're talking about seeing, you know, 20 year old athletes all of a sudden having to have, you know, 10 foot long blood clots cut out of their leg. This isn't normal. And he goes, when you pull it out, it's like a, like a spongy feeling. It's like a real rubbery, spongy feeling. It's not like a normal blood clot, you know, gets caught up somewhere. It's like, these things are like strands. And again, this is what I think was one of the known side effects they were having with this. They've tried to play this route, like Tad said yesterday last week, where, oh, we didn't, we didn't know anything about this. It's all totally safe. Now, DARPA started this stuff in 2011 with RNA gene therapy. I think they knew exactly what this thing was going to do from the very beginning. They've been playing dumb the entire time because they do not want to have any blowback from actually releasing this stuff and saying, hey, guess what? Not only did you develop it a decade ago, you knew what it was going to do. Remember when they said we haven't done any human trials on it, but it's totally safe and effective. We know what it's going to do. We just, you know, we we did we did two months of trials all of a sudden, and uh, now now it's totally safe and effective. But before that, they had cat and ferret studies, and all of them continually died. But hey, somehow it was safe and effective. 
continue to talk about this, my friends, because there are so many people that got bamboozled the first time with the restrictions and the push from OSHA and all the other lies and nonsense. As the lies and nonsense are done now, they've been completely exposed. So, again, continue to encourage people to ask questions about what's happening. And also, too, if somebody did get it, make sure you're doing the best you can. You know, keeping proper natural blood thinners like the vitamin E to help out with blood viscosity, the CoQ10. Also, the GHI cleanse is a great anti-inflammatory as well. All these different things you can do to maintain a healthy body and keep it detoxified as best as possible. So, so important. Also, to another news right now, this is interesting. I told everybody over the last two years to be very cautious in the housing market as there was that fear of missing out complex. I know a lot of friends, a lot of listeners here, they'd email me. They said, yeah, we were looking at houses, but it just everything's going up so fast right now. It doesn't seem like this is going to be sustainable. And I said, no, it's not sustainable at all. Houses can't start going up 50, 60, 70 percent over a year and a half period. And you think, what, it's just going to continue to grow? It's just exponential growth by 2025. Well, you know, a, a one bedroom apartment's going to be, you know, five million dollars. It doesn't it's, it doesn't work like that. And now we've already seen now. Now, it's according to Zillow estimates, almost 60 percent of U.S. housing markets are significantly overvalued right now with a minimum of a 25% drop that you're already starting to see in some areas over its peak. And this is going to be something that's going to start catching up to a lot of people. And my biggest concern, and this is what I'm concerned about, are the arm notes, the adjustable rate mortgages, the three and five years that people signed a year and two years ago. These are the same things that brought down the market in 2008. When they came in and they started giving these people this zero money down, $800 a month payment for a half a million dollar house, and all of a sudden in you know three years, it went from a 0% interest or a 1% interest with adjustable rate to 7 and 8% interest, and it was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Everybody started cashing out. What's happened right now is a lot of people are trying to cross their fingers and hope they don't get too upside down in homes, but – a lot of the people that I know that were smart when they got in homes at the right time, they didn't refinance and pull a bunch of equity out like some people that I've seen now and I've talked to. I had two – one of my buddies last night that I trained with and stuff, he bought his house back in 20 – I think 14. It's like a 2,300-square-foot house. He bought it for like 140 grand. It was like 90 grand on it now. And I remember he was talking to me a year and a half ago. He was like, dude, he's like, my house is valuing up for like $400,000 now. Should I, should I refi and get some equity out of it? And I said – Honestly, man, I said, that's your call, what you want to do with it. I said, but, you know, right now, I said, these markets are going up so fast. This is completely unsustainable. I said, if you, you're at like 3% interest, I said, there's not really benefit to refi. You're not going to drop much. And I said, you could if you wanted to. I said, but it's your call. And so he ended up not doing it. He said, you know what? I'm just going to keep trying to pay the house off and get it completely knocked out. And I said, okay, this is probably a good call. And sure enough now, you already see a lot of these neighborhoods, a lot of the houses have already started to drop thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in Florida, and uh, it's just warming up, my friends. So be very cautious about that right now, especially in the housing market. Do the best you can to keep stuff paid down with these houses, and, and don't be like some of these guys where they went in and, and I saw it happen. I've seen people do it. They go in and refi a house, pull two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in equity out. They go buy boats. They go buy new Escalades, and they go buy vacations around the world. And I'm like, Dad and I had a neighbor that did that in the, in the 08 crash. You know, it's like, golly, they don't really work, and the lifestyle they have is insane. All the stuff they keep buying and going everywhere, and come to find out, you had like three mortgages on the house. Just constantly kept refi, refi, another mortgage, another mortgage, and lived off of it. 
and of course, you know, everything collapsed on him. That's not a good, not a good way to go, especially right now when there's a lot of uncertainty in the markets over the next couple of years. So be aware of that and use discernment, use wisdom in any type of investments right now. That's just my opinion, not giving you financial advice, just my opinion on what's happening right now. What do you think, Dad? Well, I remember that very well. We had a neighbor who lived down the road, and they basically financed their house, and, and they were mortgage brokers, and they ended up pumping more and more mortgage money into it. And finally, they ended up with a $800,000 of additional money they had put in that they had taken out of the house. Uh, they paid like four hundred, and their and their their mortgage was one point two million. And of course, they went bankrupt when the whole thing collapsed around them. And Austin's right; they were literally on vacation two weeks out of every month. I've never seen anything like it before, and this went on for five years. And they lived on that eight hundred thousand dollars and any of the money they had coming in, and eight hundred thousand dollars was tax free. They didn't pay any taxes on it; it was a loan. And then they ended up bankrupting that. And I guess they ended up never having to pay taxes on it anyhow. But the point is this. It was an unsustainable lifestyle. And I remember that one of them came back to me after they had moved and they'd lost the house. And they said they want me to donate money to them to go on a mission trip to overseas. And I said, I don't think so. I'm done. You guys are on vacation all the time anyhow. But that kind of lifestyle, when you get into it like that and you're dealing with other people's money or borrowed money, et cetera, uh, it can be very addictive. But it's not very good for you because long term is that you're going to have to pay this stuff back. Unless you file bankruptcy every seven years, which there are people out there that do that too. But the sad part about that is is that is that the right thing to do? Is it the right thing to do just to constantly live above your means in order to impress people that you don't know with money you don't have or that you borrowed for things that you don't need? Ask yourself that question. Do I really need to do this? Do I really need to eat out every day and spend 100 bucks a day eating out? Spend $3,000 a year on eating out. I'm sorry, $3,000 a month on eating out, Thirty-six dollars to $40,000 a year on eating out in restaurants. I have, to, I have a friend who did that. And they ended up you know, basically defrauding a bunch of creditors because that one lady who had done all that was also running a Ponzi scheme and had taken millions of dollars from people that she never paid back and she had to flee the country. I've seen, I've seen so much, guys. So just be careful who you hang out with and, and watch your cash flow right now. You know, it's, it, it's to say, well, that's doom and gloom. No, it's not doom and gloom. It's like they tell us we have a hurricane coming toward central Florida. Is it doom and gloom to store up some water and have some storable food and have a generator? Or is this being prepared? Is it a prepared in mindset, preparedness mindset, or is this something that you're going to basically do and, and not worry about? Well, then all of a sudden you have power and you have food and you have fresh water, and all of a sudden everybody around you goes, I can't believe this has happened. Well, that happens all the time down here in Florida, and, and that we've learned. You just prepare for the worst and expect the best and just pray like it's all up to you as far as preparation, and you pray like it's, pray like it's all up to God. Pray, pray, work like it's all up to you. Excuse me. Work like it's all up to you in preparation. Pray like it's all up to God because it is, you know, ultimately His responsibility to protect you, as long as you're walking and serving Him properly. And always remember that. And, and you know, also, I want to say something else to you too. There's a Bible verse, and I heard the preacher talk about this yesterday. And, is, and I, I quote it all the time on the show. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, that doesn't mean if you're a four foot two adult and you want to go dunk a basketball that you could do that. It doesn't mean that. It means that the world's going to throw things at you that as a Christian, because you're in covenant with the Most High God, that you're going to be able to handle and take care of. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But some people get out there and they make these er erroneous statements and erroneous claims, and they, and they try to you know, force themselves to be able to do things that they simply weren't designed to do. You know, like, I'm going to go dunk a basketball on a four-foot-two. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it can't happen, all right? And so be very careful in your confessions and realize that that's there for you to realize that no matter what the world throws at you, God is stronger because you're in covenant with the Most High God. That's, that's what it means. That's what it's supposed to mean, and we've got to understand that. 
and, and this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. And that's, again, regardless of what the world throws at you. Because the only thing you control in this life really is your prayer time, your relationship with God, and your attitude. And, and you can look at things from a positive standpoint. You can look at them at a negative standpoint. That's why on this show I always tell you, you're a covenant with the Most High God. What can they possibly do to you? It doesn't make any difference. You just realize that you know the end result of all of this stuff being on this planet is we get to go spend eternity with God and, through, and Jesus. So that's our victory. It doesn't matter what they do to us on this planet. And just keep yourself focused like that so that you realize that, hey, it's okay. I'm just going to be positive about what's happening in my life, and I'm going to be very careful what's happening in my life, and I'm going to have a preparedness mindset. By the way, Trump <laughs> – Boyne Allen wrote sent me an article that he had written about you know being gaslighted. And Trump criticizes Jewish leaders again. They should be ashamed of themselves. Former president says U.S. 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 Jewish leaders forgot he was the best president for Israel. This lack of loyalty is why large numbers in Congress and so many others have stopped giving support to Israel. Well, that's a true statement. True, true statement. Former U.S. President Donald Trump on Friday once again criticized Jewish leaders, U.S. Jewish leaders, claiming they forgot he was the best U.S. president for Israel. In a post on his Truth Social platform, Trump shared a link to an article by Jewish radio host. Now, they're saying Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Root was born Jewish. He's converted to Christianity. So they should say Jewish slash Christian radio host Wayne Root, in which Root criticized American Jews for allegedly gaslighting Trump following his recent meeting with rapper Kanye West and white nationalist Nick Fuentes. Thank you, Wayne. You're great, but now how quickly Jewish leaders forgot that I was the best president by far. Trump came under fire in September after he criticized Jewish Jews on his truth based social platform and asserted they do not appreciate what he had done for him. White House Secretary Pierre later responded to Trump and said Donald Trump's comments were anti-Semitic and insulting. Of course, they were. He's <laughs> anti-Semitic. Both the Jews and our Israel allies, we need to root out anti-Semitism everywhere as it rears its ugly hell head. We need to call this out. Former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, however, said he did not think remarks, Trump's remarks would, you know, amounted to anti-Semitism. Last month, Trump spoke at an event organized by the Zionist Organization of America. Just that's, remember, Zionism is a political party. It's like being a Republican or being a, you know, a Democrat or being a Nazi. I guess. I mean, it's a political party. Last month, Trump spoke out at an event organized by Zionist Organization, the political party of Zionism. Of America, where he again criticized American Jews who don't support Israel. You do have people in this country that happen to be Jewish that are not going to do the right thing for Israel, said Trump. The former president had been criticized for his recent meeting with Fuentes and his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida, including by members of the Republican Party. We're probably hardcore Zionists also. Trump's former vice president, Mike Pence, said that Trump should apologize for the dinner with Fuentes, though he said he didn't believe Trump himself is anti-Semite. Inside of the fact that Trump's daughter Ivanka converted to Judaism and the former president's grandchildren are Jewish. I'm going to stop for one second here. You know, Ivanka was raised Christian and she converted to Judaism. By converting to Judaism, and you guys can verify this and look it up, she had to renounce the virgin birth and she had to renounce Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She had to completely step away from Christianity and renounce her own salvation if she had ever been saved to start with. It's one of the processes of conversion if you're a Christian to become a Jew. So just thought I'd mention that in case you guys are really liking Ivanka Trump and you think she's an absolutely amazing person. And she's also, in my opinion, a Kabbalist witch. You think, well, gosh, Ted, that's strong. What well, you know, just telling you what I feel because she practices from the Kabbalah, from the Zohar. And she's also – they're heavy promoters of Shabbat, which is a synagogue that basically promotes the Kabbalah and the Zohar. And so – 
you just kind of have to call it for what it is with all of this stuff and realize that, again, it's the synagogue of Satan that is doing all of this stuff in the United States. Those who claim to be Jews, but they are not, they are of the synagogue of Satan, and they basically uh, are Luciferians is what they are, to make it a simple term. We need to understand who these people are and what they really believe and understand that the vast majority of the Jews are not this way. But the reality is, is again, this whole thing with the Jews right now and the anti-Semitism, it's all part of that. Same thing I talked about earlier on the show about having this, quote unquote, opiates being fed to the masses. We're going to appease this part of the group. We're going to appease that part of the group. We're going to appease, we're going to put the royals into this. We're going to put Yellowstone into this. We're going to put all these different things into this so we keep everybody confused so that they don't see who the true handlers are in the United States. That's, that's what they don't want you to see. By the way, a retired Navy SEAL, we transitioned to a woman. It's now basically was made famous this about 10 years ago. He announced coming out of the trans announces the detransition. He said this whole thing destroyed his life. Be careful with your young kids, guys. They get confused, and they're a tomboy, a little girl. And now you say, well, I'm a tomboy. I like the guy's things. I like to dress up like a guy. That doesn't mean that little girl is a transgender. It means that little girl is a tomboy. That's all it means. It means she likes to go out and play games and play baseball or play softball. It doesn't mean she's a lesbian. It doesn't mean she's a transgender. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that she likes to do sports, et cetera, et cetera. And she has different likes than other little girls do. And, just don't don't be trying to trying to transition her to little boy. And you guys, I don't have to tell you that. You already know that. Uh, retired Navy SEAL who became famous nearly 10 years ago after coming out as a transgender. And now he is detransitioning and called on Americans to wake up about how transgender health services are hurting children. Everything you see on CNN was with my face. Do not believe a word of it. Chris Beck, former known as Kristen Beck, told conservative influence Robbie Starbuck in an interview published earlier this month. Everything that happened to me for the last 10 years destroyed my life. I destroyed my life. I'm not a victim. I did this to myself, but I had help. I take full responsibility, he continued. I went on CNN and everything else, and that's why I'm here right now, and I'm trying to correct that. Beck gained notoriety back in 2013 when he spoke with CNN's. CIA agent, I just mentioned that, Anderson Cooper, about transitioning to a woman. Wow, guys. You know, you got to feel bad for these guys. He goes, I was used. I was very naive. I was in a really, really bad way. Apparently, probably had PTSD, and I got taken advantage of. I got propagandized. I got used badly by a lot of people who had knowledge way beyond me. They knew what they were doing. He said, I didn't, he said in that interview. Beck served in the Navy for 20 years, including on SEAL, SEAL Team 6. He was deployed 13 times and received more than 50 medals and ribbons for his service. And then he transitioned to a wound. And there's no telling what the military psychologists and psychiatrists gave him as far as drugs to confuse him. I'm going to be very careful because I'm, I'm being very real with that because those drugs will mess you up big time if you're not careful. You start taking these psychiatric meds. By the way, Kevin McCarthy is pledging subpoenas for 51 intel agents in the wake of Hunter Biden's Twitter files. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy said Saturday on Doctors Nation that he will bring 51 intel agents that signed a letter – that said that Hunter Biden's information was Russian collusion to testify at congressional hearing. Host Brian Kilmeade said, we saw the revelations coming out of Twitter as Elon Musk is unmasking the corruption that existed here. Austin covered that earlier in the show and the denials that are testified about. So for you personally, you have another move you want to make. Not only do you want to hear from the former executives of Twitter and other entities, but you have something else you want to say. McCarthy said, yeah, I do. This is egregious what we're finding. They shouldn't have they should not have Section 230 to start out with, but we have to go even further. What did Facebook and Google do as well? Because the, they became the arm of the Democratic Party and an arm of the government. Guys, this is the collusion that I've talked about so many times in the show. 
when you have BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard running everything and owning everything, who are controlled by the bloodline families. You know, BlackRock has just come out and said that we're having to have a recession unlike any other that we've ever had in the United States. BlackRock, one of the largest investment portfolio houses of the world, they're warning us about what's going to happen. They're warning their insiders that the insiders should step away and step out. But guys, it's so important that you realize that when we have a storm coming, you got to get prepped up for it. And always remember. God loves you. He does. He, he loves you so much. Always remember to pray to him every single day. Ask him to direct your footsteps. Ask him to be with you all times. Remember who Jesus was. He was our transformer. He was our savior. He allows us to come back to God Almighty. Always remember what he did for you on that cross. He continues to do for you with the shedding of his blood. He loves you beyond belief. He was willing to die for you. Always remember that, who, who he is, and accept him for who he said he was. And repent of the sins and accept Christ for who he said it was. And then you become a Christian, and then you have the power that resides in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Always remember that. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys on tomorrow. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a really valid comment. You know, wise man sees danger coming and basically prepares. There's something so important that people always have to understand is you got to look at things from an overall perspective. And that's what I've said so much with dad too before. I can't stand a lot of the fear porn on the alternative media where they constantly, oh, yeah, there's, there's another tidal wave coming. There's another earthquake coming. There's another nuclear bomb going to happen. It's going to get dropped off. Russia's going to nuke everybody over and over and over again. These are not continually valid threats, especially when they're from the same sources that constantly say the same thing for years and years and years on end. If there's something you can do about a nuclear threat, well, one of the best things you could do is have some backup iodine. That's about it. I mean, but I've told you guys before, they're not going to have a massive nuclear exchange with the entire globe. They may set off a dirty bomb somewhere. You may see something they use in a controlled fashion like 9-11, But there's too much infrastructure that gets absolutely depleted and ruined when you start dropping nukes. It just wipes out everything. And why are they putting up 2,300 5G towers in New York right now? They're they're probably spending hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars on that project. I told you guys about it a couple weeks ago. Big, giant, ugly poles are erecting in the middle of every corner all over the place. The only reason they're doing that is because they want to continue to make their transmission, the 5G, stronger and stronger and stronger. Remember, 5G was a weapons platform that was built by the DOD back decades ago. That whole frequency technology is very, very effective for what it does. But suddenly, oh, we have to have it to make sure the Internet's faster, you know, because you got to be able to stream and download your favorite YouTube episode anytime you're out and about walking around. If you're walking around outside, what do you need to have super fast streaming internet systems for? The answer is you don't. (laughs) That's what's so silly about this. And so what they keep telling everybody we need to have and we have to have, there is no need for it because a lot of the internet systems are already very, very fast. And if you're at work or you're at home and you already have internet, why do you need to have another 5G tower that's right outside your window transmitting 24-7, 365 that you can't turn off? The answer is you don't, but this is what they continually told everybody, and that's why they have pumped, what is it, I think, over $2 trillion into 5G globally over the last three, four years. That's why you see so many towers up. That can, ironically, went up right during COVID when everything was locked down, personally saw it, got emails and photos and videos from all across the country, random towers out in the middle of nowhere suddenly popping up during COVID. When everything's supposed to be locked down, when everybody's supposed to be staying at home, suddenly 
there were companies that were erecting 5G towers left and right. And the funny part was hardly anybody ever saw them getting worked on, including myself. I remember I went out after, you know, I'd been working around here locally, but I remember after a couple of weeks, three, four weeks after a lot of stuff was calming down, and I was like, this is ludicrous. And I'm going to run around and go to Orlando or something. All of a sudden, I go on one of the parkways, and it's like another tower. Boom, boom, boom. It's like three or four towers on my way there that were never there before. And they're giant eyesores with huge refrigerator box 5G things on them. And I'm like, when did these go up? Like, I haven't been this way in three, four weeks, and all of a sudden we got these towers that are 40, 50, 60 feet in the air with these big boxes on them. There's a reason why, my friends, and it's not so they can drop a nuke on all of them and blow them all out. Just thought I'd bring that up. So thank you again for staying prepped, but also staying strong and of clear mind. Continue to keep your body strong. Continue to get the truth out there. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. You want to get a hold of us. 1-800-726-1834. Thank you for making us our your number one supplement company. You choose to get your vitamins from. We make the absolute best we possibly can, and that's why we continually put stuff on sale for you to make sure everybody has access to it. And thank you again for the support. Be sure to check out the Magnesium Brain Food as product of the week. That'll be changing on a vote for Wednesday, so you guys vote for what you want to see win on Wednesday. Also, too, be sure to check out the vitamin C, excellent C formula, which will be on sale for a short time longer on the 30% off winter immunity sale right now. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and thank you again for the support of Health Masters, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.